We're back again for yet another exciting edition of Hit the Target podcast, proudly brought to you by Hollywood Bets. I'm your host, Jesse Nagel, returning from a three-week sabbatical. It was a, a well-taken rest. It was a deserved rest, I feel. And now I'm back to discuss all things football. I, I finally got uh, a taste of what it feels like to, to listen to the podcast as a listener. And man, even if I say so myself, the content is really, really top class. And uh, of course, you yeah, to keep it... Um, remaining afloat and keeping a top class in studio with me is the ever-present Joshua Gaylord as well as Chadley Nagel. Gents, yeah, Premier good League? To be, yeah, good to... Um, it's nice not to be the host. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, You did a fantastic fantastic job, I must say. Thank you, and welcome back. Yeah. Uh, good to discuss uh, the greatest league in the world. Greatest league in the world, the greatest team leads it. Josh, you're in a happy mood. Yeah, I am. I mean, it's good to have you back. You left when Arsenal won top. You came back and, I mean, I gave, still on I top. gave the, the rest of the league, the chasing pack, a month. That is <laughs> disgusting for so-called tough league. But yeah. and, and as for Don, on the other hand, on the flip side, Donovan has, like, no one has seen him. Yeah, no one knows where he is. Missing. I think he's in some uh, forest. I think it's up in Nottingham or something like that. But uh, yeah, we'll probably get to that in a moment. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about uh, Arsenal, Josh. You've got the biggest smile on your face, as do I. It's uh, happy times, exciting times for Arsenal. Uh, I left you guys a month ago and we were top of the league, like you mentioned. I came back, still top. Uh, things are looking good, just the one defeat. And it was in that freak game to Man United, so... I think the big question here is, are Arsenal really challengers? Look, uh, I, I, I want to say, uh, just like the manager does, you take it game by game and <laughs> just game watch the football, time. enjoy it and all of that. But at the same time, it is exciting to see that there is some consistency. It's mm. what we've been lacking for a good couple of seasons. Um, and credit to Arteta, he's done that. He's brought in that consistency. He's brought in the right attitudes. Uh, he's gotten rid of the wrong ones mm-hmm. um, and he got slandered for it. Uh, but now we see it just this past week. Uh, Tena got praised for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's managed to uh, weed out a lot. He's managed to bring in a lot that is good. Um, but more importantly, for the fan, we get to see good football. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see managers come into the league and they play a bit of a stale brand of football. We get to watch it every week. We get to watch good football. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that he doesn't know how to play a defensive game. We saw it when he first came in, uh, he had to play a lot more defensively, play on the mm-hmm. counter until he, f- he felt confident enough in his team's ability to uh, be on the front foot consistently. Um, and it's exciting to see recently the good results. Uh, the draw last week was disappointing. Um, it could have gone a totally opposite way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but do we you did look at miss that as a positive as well. Also. It's still a positive. Um, it, it, I think one thing that a lot of fans missed, or a lot of football fans missed, is Arsenal play nine fixtures this Sunday when they verse um, Nottingham, Forest. Nottingham Forest. It would be the ninth fixture for the month, uh, obviously across all competitions. Yeah. Even last season, uh, Liverpool played a staggering amount of fixtures, sixty-three in total, mm. and I think it was in December the maximum amount of games they played was eight and Klopp was fuming over that congestion. Mm -hmm. Um, And we haven't heard Arteta complain about that, uh, but, and they haven't lost as yet. I mean, there is still two fixtures for them to play. Mm -hmm. It's a Thursday night fixture away in the Netherlands and then Sunday. Um, But yeah, uh, coming back to your question in terms of them going for the title or or contenders. contenders. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
there's not enough behind uh, Arsenal at the moment to say that they are contenders. I wouldn't call them pretenders. They're mm-hmm. there and they, they're showing us that they can perform at the highest level. Um, but I, I wouldn't be able, from my perspective, to call them contenders. And purely based on the fact that last season, we missed out on a good opportunity <coughs> where it was very tight. Yeah. Um, and by two, two points, basically. Um, so the consistency from the past, like I mentioned when I first started the, my response, the consistency from the past hasn't been, hasn't been something that gives me confidence in saying that they can go on and t- challenge for the league. Uh, if they do so this season and they miss out against City by maybe five, six points mm. next season, I can feel confident if we have a good start like we have this season. Yeah. Um, so I can't say contenders, but I definitely wouldn't say pretenders. Chad, you know all too well about you know sitting in this position. Um, I think it was two seasons ago or three. I'm not too sure if it was Lampard's season um, or Tuchel's first season where Chelsea were leading the way until Christmas or so. Lampard. Lampard. Yeah. And then things started to take a, a turn for the worst. And I think Chelsea <coughs> managed to clinch third spot or fourth spot. But yeah. All talk of a title charge completely were completely diminished um, around January and, January and February, and then the aspiration became top four. Is that the route this Arsenal team are taking, or is is there something more looking from the outside in? Because perhaps Josh and I could be blind, and I'm not saying we are, but we could because there is that love for Arsenal that you know we just can't shy away from at times. So you seeing it as a Chelsea supporter or just a football fan in general who isn't emotionally attached to this Arsenal team? Are uh, they the real deal? Well, first I want to say they are on course to becoming um, the old Arsenal, uh, Well, which is more of a new, not, new Arsenal, but I'm talking about Arsenal, the club that challenges for every possible mm. trophy. Uh, the, the Arsenal, the the team with so much quality um, that have produced world-class players, that have bought world-class players, I think we're heading back to that uh, time again where Arsenal are a part of the elite. Uh, and not that they that they weren't a part of the elite, but but more like, you know, they, they're no longer in the back seat. Yeah. Uh, in, you know, like they are coming to the forefront. And I think everything that they have done so far... Um, they, for everything that they've done so far, I mean, nine wins out of 11, um, scoring so many goals, just the one defeat, uh, conce- uh, keeping clean sheets with, mm-hmm. uh, so, with, with, with the defender in there who's probably a contender for the best defender of the season. Yeah. And it's, who's, by the way, enjoying his debut season in the Premier League. All of that, you know, uh, Josh said it. Mikel Oteta deserves so much praise. I think, I think everything that they've done up until this point, they deserve to be called title contenders mm. however and by the way they will win this weekend their 100 percent winning record at home will continue when they host nottingham Forest. but <clears throat> this is a marathon and we don't see any english premier league team that play on thursday nights in the europa league win the premier league and from That's- what you've seen from this team you feel like they will go far in europe which suggests that they will drop off towards the end of the the premier league Definitely, uh, I think they will. I think they're strong contenders. I think for Arsenal, and you, you'll, you guys will know better than this. But I think from the outside looking in, not that Arsenal uh, haven't, um, uh, you know, 
picked up some silverware along the way in recent times. We know they are the kings of the FA Cup. Yep. Picked up a couple of those trophies to add to their uh, trophy cabinet. But I think it's a European trophy. And mm. yes, the ultimate prize is the Champions League. But I don't think the Europa League is something that they... You know, having come so close in to, like in Baku, you know, mm -hmm. where the onus was on Arsenal to win that game. Um, Do you see how he slyly mentions mm. that, Josh? <laughs> no, but I, I mean, like, you know, the onus was on Arsenal who had everything to play for. It's the European trophy. It was mm. their first. And I think that they are really going to give it a go. I don't see a better team in the Europa League. Uh, well, Barcelona are contenders. To but be fair, I, I think the Arsenal. Europa League has a good good number of teams that are coming in. It's Atletico I know, Madrid, yeah, Barcelona. No, there is, true. There's a lot of other teams that could be dropping down there as well. Ajax. True. Top, top contenders for sure. But I think Arsenal, they just... I think this could be their year in Europe. And I think for that reason, mixed with other reasons, main main one being Manchester City, I think mm. that... I think they look they they're gonna reach their target of getting back in the big time. They wanna be back in the Champions League. They haven't been there for a good few seasons, good few few years now. And I think that's just I think that's the goal. Yeah. And I think everything else is just a bonus. The manner of how they get top four though is gonna be very impressive. I think that's an interesting point that Chad um has raised there, Josh, is that Arsenal at the start of the season the goal was to get back into the Champions League, to get back into the top four or to win the Europa League, however way they do it. It's just playing in the big time again and putting Arsenal on the map. And I think Mikel Arteta is certainly on course to do that. It's just now that he sort of set these unrealistic targets, well, what seemed unrealistic at the start of the season, what do we then deem failure? Because if if his side uh, you know tends to drop off towards the back end of the season and finish a third or fourth or just clench on you've ticked a box at the start of the season that you've set out um but just judging on how the season could go would that then be failure definitely not if you're ticking the box you came into the season with an objective and you far succeeded it that that's success mm -hmm. and more and then some so that deserves extra praise in my opinion um and in the in the footballing world in that regard uh that then shows the owners that hey if i put a little bit more investments into this team maybe my team what can win a league do? what more can the team do and i think uh, just going back to what chad was saying in terms of playing thursday and playing <coughs> sunday and playing thursday and playing sunday if there is that incentive to see that the team is doing well, January is coming. Uh, we'll see some great players now in the World Cup that Arsenal can also have a look at. Um, I know there are uh, plans for Arsenal to go to um, which country? Dubai. One of the Middle East countries yeah. uh, for training during that period, which means that their team is close to the competition. They can scout them properly. They can go into the camps probably and have talks with agents and players. Mm -hmm. So they can target those big names as well that perform there that then can come in and support that so push that the fans are seeing, that pundits are saying that Arsenal can go for the league. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that, that those, those things uh, will come into consideration come January. You know how I'm looking at it, um, just quickly before we move on to the next topic, is that Arsenal, Eden Ramsdale is going to the World Cup, probably not going to get much game time. I no. think he's England's best goal goalkeeper, but yeah, prob unfortunate probably not going to get much game time. Yeah. Ben White's looking at the injury crisis at right back for England. I feel like he still will be overlooked. Um, probably. He should be the first choice centre-back. Um, 
in my opinion, he's not that, and he should be at least accommodated for at right back. But I feel like he's not going to play as much. William Saliba is probably the only player in the back line um, who's going to get to the latter stages of the World Cup. And you look at Thomas Partey, Martin Odegaard, they are, Odegaard's not going to be at the World, the World Cup. Cup yeah. But uh, Thomas Partey is not going to get, you know, well, we hope so for Africa's sake, but he's probably not going to get to the you know back end of the tournament. Mm. And up front, Bukayo Saka, of course, he's the only player who's going to be playing regularly. Gabriel Martinelli, he's touch and go for, for Brazil at the moment. So too Gabriel Jesus. So it's probably just two players from the lineup who will be... Or you could say could be knackered when they come back. And mm. you look at the likes of Manchester City, Chelsea, Man United, uh, Liverpool, the teams in and around Arsenal. They're going to have 14, 15 players playing regularly at the World Cup, mm. which I think that could sort of s- suit Arsenal or just be a ben- ben- uh, be of beneficial uh, favours to, to them. And, you know, it, it's, it's a freak season. We've never, ever seen a World Cup in the middle of a Premier League <coughs> campaign and yeah. anything could happen. And I'm not saying... That's the only reason Arsenal could win the league or challenge for it is, is because that's making excuses for the other clubs. But I think they, as a football club, have done enough to sort of earn that respect. And I think even last season, I'd say to finish fifth with this Arsenal team, I never ever thought of Arsenal as the fifth best team last season. And maybe that's me being biased, but they were top three, top four best teams in the league going into the last two months or so. And they happened to lose those three games uh, consecutively, which obviously took a dent in mm. their in their um, charge. But but yeah, I'm rambling too much. I mean that top that top four conversation last year. Um, it's just become like much wider this year. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of teams in that mix now that you wouldn't have. I can't say expected. I mean like. There's always that dark horse last season. The mm. dark horse was West Ham or Leicester, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and now this season, Newcastle United is up in that mix. Uh, and Manchester United, after having a poor season last year, um, have been revitalized completely. Um, so that conversation changes. Uh, things change every season. Um, so you can't really be surprised that maybe Arsenal, you can see the trajectory that they were taking, mm. the changes that they were taking. So you can't really be surprised at the fact that they are higher up the table this season. Um, like you're saying, maybe it's your biased opinion mm. uh, that they were past their top four. Now it's actually coming to fruition for them. Um, but in terms of other teams this season, I think that top four race is pretty interesting. Well, let's unfold it then, uh, Chad, because we've touched on Arsenal. Um, let's touch on Chelsea for a moment. Graham Potter, he's obviously come in at a time where Chelsea were off the back of um, you know, being sanctioned and losing their club owner and getting a new club owner, being back to the roof and beyond, um, spending the most money, and then sacking the manager. There's just so much off-the-field <coughs> issues that have, yeah. you know, s- sort of not not the starts or not the noise around the club that Graham Potter would have wanted, but he's put that beside the team. The team look unbothered. They're unbeaten at the moment, well, at least since he's, he's there. Yeah. Um, they on an upward trajectory. Uh, I asked, I think it was last month or the month before, when Potter first came in, yeah. what what is the goal? And I think we disagreed and I said he should be pushing for the title because points-wise they're not too far off. And if they can continue this unbeaten run, then then who's to say not? But I feel like top four should be um, a realistic target. 
Yeah, I think for um, every season, I think regardless, I think sometimes, of course, it's different now with um, Roman Abramovich no longer at the club, but it was always said that way, regardless of whether Chelsea had a competitive side or not. And for, for, for the most part, they did have a competitive squad. But that was always the expectation. And, and it was just the, it, it was like the unspoken thing. You know, you make top four, you get in the Champions League. And there's a reason Chelsea have done that. We've seen managers get sacked for finishing third or finishing uh, runners up uh, mm. at Chelsea because, you know, champions, top four has never been, you know, like I understand, like, you know, if I suppose if we went through a slump, um, a, a long period of not being in the top four, I think I would I would end up be saying, you know, like... Then it we becomes need to a get, goal. Then it becomes a goal and that's something that you really jump up and scream and celebrate. But to be honest with you, Chelsea have never, never ever looked at the top four and been like satisfied. Even mm. when they get Champions League, yeah, it's good. We deserve to be there. We need to be there. Uh, but it's never something that, you know, that's something that we, that we want to settle with. And um, we... And the thing about Chelsea, the thing I can at least appreciate about my club is the ambition is always sky high and sometimes it's at an unrealistic, uh, it's unrealistic sometimes. But, but they'll never drop. But they will never drop that high standard. They expect Chelsea think they are the best team and they carry on like they are the best team because they are ambitious enough to look at the, the Neymars and, you know, mm -hmm. like those type of players. They want mm -hmm. their name in there and that's... And and I'm, we're starting to see continuity with uh, Todd Bowley. And I know I'm going going onto the ownership here, and I'll come to Potter in a minute. But like, I think the way uh, Todd Bowley's galvanized the 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 the, the club, the, you can see there's a lot happening behind the scenes, off the pitch. Uh, sporting directors and there's multiple ones. I don't know if you're following. There's multiple sporting directors. There's um, talks to buy. Um, 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 Oh, some club I forgot. They, but but like the the plans are in place, and everything suggests that Potter has been uh, backed mm -hmm. to the fullest because now, um, now they are trying. They are they are hiring. Uh, uh, I think Brighton's technical director or something like that. But to to work closely with Potter mm. to uh, for, with transfers and stuff. And I think Potter has done a fine job so far. He's unbeaten. But to go. To, to, to answer your question, yes, Chelsea should be in the top four. But I, like Josh says, it's so difficult this season. I think I, I, I don't think we can say for sure who the top four is by the top, the top two teams at the moment. Mm. However, I will say that I do expect some teams to end up becoming closer to Arsenal. Mm. And I don't think, I think Arsenal, if this makes sense, um, uh, I think Arsenal are set certainties to make top four but they're not certainties to finish second in the top two yeah josh what then stands in chelsea's way i mean we've touched on the squad we've touched on the manager we've touched on the unbeaten run the togetherness is there it feels like there's more of an open door policy at chelsea now um, it's much easier for the head coach to get his message across or to receive directive from uh, ownership it's it's not as one-sided as at least I thought it was um, under Roman Abramovich. So what now stands in their way of getting top four? It's just the results, I think, at the end of the day. I think the structures are getting put into place for uh, for being, how can I say? It's not that they've lost, that, like Chad said, they've always, they've always had that ambition for the top honours every single season. But I think with the 
backing in this way, it's totally different to what Chelsea used to do before, mm. uh, whereby, like you just mentioned, Abramovich has the, the final say in everything. Uh, I think I saw one of the ex-players saying when you saw that helicopter come into the training <laughs> grounds, at home, you knew the manager was gone. Um, so when that's a totally different switch from how Chelsea used to be to how they are now. So that uh, that ambition of growth and uh, going forward is definitely there. But, uh, but I think Graham Potter's backed in the sense whereby even if he does finish outside top four, he won't get sacked this season. I agree with that. And I feel There's like project that's, yes. And I feel like that is yes, your ambition and your your traje- trajectory is aiming for the top honors, but you're taking a step back to go forward. Mm-hmm. So that could be a factor in maybe missing the 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 top four this season, whereby it's okay if you don't make top four this season in the back of Potters yet that's there. It's fine, we're building. And you can see that on the field sometimes they change the way that they play very often for different games. There's not one uh, solid structure, which I mean in football it is fluid. Um, in the midweek, Raheem Sterling for the first time, I mean, my viewing of Chelsea played wingback, I wing think. Back, yeah. yeah, which was interesting to see. So he is trying different things and he didn't get a bad result. He got a win uh, and they've progressed through to the next round in the Champions League. Um, it'll be interesting to see this weekend. Uh, they have been playing fairly defensively. Uh, in my opinion, they've been getting good results from that, um, whereby Brighton uh, are playing a lot more offens- offensively, um, which uh, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out uh, against so, Brighton this weekend. So why then? Um, because Graham Potter has played offensive football all his life, and you could argue that you played offensive offensive football with Brighton. You're dealing with much better players now with all due respect to the likes of uh, Trossard and so. Mm. But you're dealing with much better players now, much more quality. Why the cautious approach? I don't know, you want to answer that? Yeah, well, I I think it's been, um, and we kind of had this kind of office talk going on about like the Manchester United game, particularly. Um, Chelsea... Like Chelsea, I Chelsea have enough, in my opinion, to be attacking games, like you just mentioned. But for some reason, they they aren't doing that. And I think, I think the only hesitancy could be the fact that um, I think for, I think for just for the Man United game, I think it was just that's just a fixture where these there was mutual respect, um, coupled with the fact that Potter. Didn't want to, it was his first big test in the Premier League, and I don't, I, I don't think he wanted to lose that one. It's more, make sure you don't get beat. Uh, but now I do expect that to change as 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 the games go, because he's still yet to, he's he's put a mark on it. But it's not, I, I can't say yet. It's Potter's team. Mm. Like I, there's some change. There, there's a lot of there's sometimes where I look and I was like, oh okay, this I can just see Pot, uh, Potter's mark on this game. And then there's other times I'm like, this is Tuchel's team still. Yeah. So, like, I think, it, which is normal, I think it's it's just it's going to take time. And he even said, he said, don't judge me now. Give me a couple of games where uh, I understand every player. Uh, he likes he's, he likes to meet with every every player. And I think, um, yeah, and, and just to throw a, just, just to go a little bit off topic of, yeah, we spoke about, um, like, Ben White as a possible candidate for getting picked in the England squad. I agree with that. I think, I'm not saying he should get picked, but I think one player who deserves... At least a look whether he gets selected or not because of the quality in in the position. I think Ruben Loftus Cheek has come to the party and he's been consistent. And um, I would like to see him at least 
you know have a look in so so back on the the topic then Chad, um of <coughs> the cautious approach is it because of you look at the three categories being attack midfield and defense chelsea the best thing about them is their defense i feel like you can't yeah. compare a tiago silva kulabali fofana um to a Aubameyang as good as he is i think he's he's past his peak years and then you look at the likes of Arsenal, it's a young, exciting team. And the best thing about them is their fluidity and, you know, things like that. Is that the reason? Is that Chelsea playing to their strengths? I, I think so. And I think that, like, I do believe we have uh, we have a really good defence. Do you agree that the best thing about Chelsea is the, is the, is the, the back line? Yes, and it, it, was, it was even the case under Thomas Tuchel yeah. as well. And it was the case in many... Under many managers, Antonio Conte was the case, uh, despite having Costa. As mm-hmm. our, our defense have always been um, Mourinho. Even you think back, at, we've always been resolute, uh, stubborn, uh, hard to break, uh, hard to break through. Uh, we've always been like rock solid. We've always, I think, our philosophy was always: if you're solid and if you don't concede goals, you won't lose. Mm. And I, and I, I, I think it's time we slowly. Not not abandon that or forsake that, but we slowly come away from that, which I am seeing um, the owners at least, and I'm sure Potter is also the man to do that to slowly do it. I think that's why I, I say it's going to happen over well, if in, in time. <laughs> Surely, <laughs> well, I, no, well, I'm, I'm like you look at the players mm. we're targeting first of all, um, uh, like Nkunku, for example. You know, if if he becomes there's the talk. Uh, it looks like everything's um, uh, like a pre-agreed. Um, but it looks like if Leipzig somehow miss out on, on, on Champions League and fall into the Europa League, then there's a possibility of us even striking a deal for for him to arrive in January. Yeah. Then I think if you know if you have a player like that, then it changes mm. the attacking play. But I do think uh, the way we are, we ju- you know even our midfielders are more defensive minded. Yeah. Uh, you know you've got Jorginho, Kovacic. Uh, no, no one's going to get a Gallagher. score a screamer. Like well, Gallagher could, but I mean yeah. he's. Yeah. but more cautious. Uh, so I, I, I think it's just the Chelsea way now, which is uh, hard to beat. And that evolution hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it's going to happen, but in time. Josh, um, in terms of getting a top four spot then for Chelsea, do you see it happening? I think out of the teams that are vying for that spot... Um, Being Tottenham, Man United, Chelsea. I would go for Man United and Chelsea in the top four mm-hmm. alongside Arsenal. And, and then City winning the league. That, that the 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 mixture of that top four, um, Arsenal not finishing lower than third, and then Chelsea or United in the fourth spot. Um, yeah, I think Chelsea will make top four though. So you've mentioned Man United. Then um, they seem to be on an upward trajectory as well. Um, of course, Ten Hag beating. Liverpool beating Arsenal, mm. who are flying, um, drawing, getting a solid point at um, Stamford Bridge at Chelsea in the last week. So they, I mean, is it too late for them to possibly seek anything further in the top four spots? Could they not throw their their name for a possible title charge? It's it's still early days in the season. It's it definitely is still early days, and I mean, um, they've brought in players who. Oh, in my opinion, one of the players is world class. Mm. Um, but I think one dent that uh, has been unfortunately taken for them is the loss of Rafael Varane. Um, injuries cost teams, and like we've been saying, Arsenal might not go all the way because of 
possible injuries come late in the season, mm. not managing. And like we've seen Liverpool now, that's one of the reasons, many reasons uh, surrounding Liverpool's problems. Um, back to Man United, they losing Rafael Van, I feel I was broken to see him cry and walk off the field yeah. at Stamford Bridge But what he had formed with Lissandra Martinez. Yes, so, so like Chelsea, uh, Chad just mentioned about Chelsea, having that backline sorted is always key in going forward, just yeah. like Arsenal had to do. They mm. mixed and matched and looked and patched wherever first before they even decided to go and change the attack. Um, and United finally mm. seemed to have found that and now they've lost. It's broken. It's yeah. broken. So yeah. it's a bit difficult for them, but... Um, it's now a question of do they bring Maguire back? Do they put Lindelof in with Lissandra Martinez? It's a, that, it's a, it's a tricky one for Tenag to do. Um, so, but United do have a, ability going forward at the moment. Um, it's just that backline that concerns me. Uh, however, I think with them beating those big names that you mentioned, yes, you don't need to win every big game to make the top four. Um, you need to win all your smaller games. Mm. But they have shown that they can rise to the occasion when they need to um, and take on the bigger team. So that that then puts a dent in the opposition's uh, top four hopes. So your lack of faith in their defense is is that is a worrying factor for sure. But you feel like the attack could make up for it. Yeah. Um, Chad, how do you feel about that? Because Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, a bit part player. <laughs> yeah, actually, I agree with the, with with that. In fact, I, I I feel the exact same way. I think that they have a lot going for them. Maybe not so much in personnel, like, you know, mm. the names. I know Anthony's a good player, obviously, and maybe uh, a lot of new players, mostly attackers, take a while to, to adjust to the rigors of the English Premier League, uh, you know, season. So maybe a debut season, next season, he might be look more like the player that United, you know, uh, uh, forked out that money to, to, to bring in to strengthen the team. But I think... Um, United, the defense is a concern with Ferran injured. I think, um, I, I, well, one positive though was when he did get injured, they Tanak brought on um, Lindelof, Lindelof in, instead of. And you uh, call Harry that a positive? Uh, because of, because <laughs> Mag, because Maguire, I think if Maguire <laughs> comes in, just just the negative yeah. mood that he carries, um, but you know, it's supporters. They almost go back every, to the social days. Yeah, mm. and, and then they'll just be like, the crowd won't be on board, and, and, and I think everything has been has been going okay, not, mm. not, not, not perfect, especially with the, the Ronaldo incident doesn't help them. Mm. But so that's my main concern. Like everyone knows he's going to go, he's leaving in January, yeah. surely. I, I do agree that with uh, Rafael Varana out the defense, it leaves a huge hole in the back line and, um, you know, the fullbacks are not great fullbacks. They were made to look good because Lissandra Martinez and Rafael Varane had formed such a solid foundation for mm. that backline. Now I feel like it exposes everything. And we saw Lissandra Martinez at the start of the season without Rafael Varane next to him, whether it was Lindelof or Maguire. He wasn't even the same Lissandra Martinez. And obviously, I don't know the extent of Rafael Varane's injury uh, at the moment. But if he's out that team, I feel like it breaks that backline completely and... I'm not agreeing with um, what you guys are saying in, in terms of the attack making up for it because you've got a Tottenham that we're leaving out of the top four. They've got Kane. Kane is definitely getting 20 Look, goals this season. I don't think... And Son can win a game just like that. So they can't... They don't have a great defense, but I feel like their attack <coughs> is now 
what should be deemed a, a top class attack to get you to the top four? Look, I think it's not only the defensive line of uh, Manchester United. Yes, that's a big blow and it changes the dynamic of the back line. But we saw when Casemiro first came, Scott McTominay was still filling in. Obviously, Casemiro wasn't up to where uh, Eric Ten Hag needed him. And he's slowly but surely coming in and showing some very good performances, the performances that we expect of him. And in that, the midfield has changed a bit whereby Eriksen is playing alongside Bruno Fernandes, which is two attacking attacking yeah. midfielders with Casimiro holding the back. So that also adds... Gives him license. Gives them license to go forward a bit. It's not just that outward front line. Yeah. The midfield is, is supporting that. Um, and I feel like that's why the attack is a bit better as well. It, it, it obviously, it's football. Like I've mm-hmm. said, it's, everything's interchangeable. Everything's fluid. But that also assists going forward. Casimiro is then able to protect those two centre-backs yeah. a bit more. Uh, and Lindelof can slot in. I feel like he can do a job. Yes, he might have a couple more errors in him than Rafael Varane. Mm-hmm. But it is still decent going forward. I feel like Manchester United um, were the better team over the course of 90 minutes against Chelsea. But I agree with Chelsea... That. What did Kepa make a save? I can't remember. So yeah. what he then did, makes... He stopped Rashford from scoring a good couple <laughs> but of then goals. I think Rashford stopped himself from scoring, to be honest. Because no, those the were one chances... Good, the one on the, one. The one, yeah. Those were chances that you'd back the striker to score more than the defender saving. Yeah. Mm. So I feel like we're all saying Man United were the better team. But on what grounds? Because, I mean, we have to sort of dig up a save for Kepa to make. And, you know, had Casemiro not scored that free kick at the last minute... I, I think, it's things like that that yeah. say, okay, Man United, you don't actually have the attack to to sort of convince me. You're relying on your back line. And with Rafael Varane out now, I'm I'm leaving him out of my top four. I think in that, that, that game against Chelsea, why we're saying that they were the better team is because, you know, the onus is on the home team in a big mm. game. The onus was on Chelsea to take the game to Man United. I think exactly how Josh put it with... Eriksen and Bruno Fernandes, yeah. they passed it. Yeah, they, they did. And I, I think they deserve credit for that. I mean, Stamford Bridge, uh, regardless of what season, whether Chelsea or Chelsea, Stamford Bridge has always been a tough ground to go to. Mm. And I think, like, there's positive signs for Eric Tanag's side. I think, um, yeah, I, I, for me, it's just a, a, really, it's just the, the, um, the Varan one, the, the Varan incident, and it's also the, the Cristiano Ronaldo saga. I think that has to be, it has to be sorted so out. Pro- those are probably two of the most successful players in the team. Yeah. I mean, along, they won like how many Champions along, Leagues? Along with uh, Casemiro mm. scored the goal against Chelsea. Yeah. Um, Josh has given his top four chat. How do you see it at very, the end of the season? Very, it's very, very difficult to pick the top sure four. I'm not sure if you gave your order, Josh. I think you gave a top two and a bottom two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's very difficult to to pick a top four, especially at this stage. Um, Are you putting Man United in there? To be honest, like the more I watch them, the more I'm impressed with them. If I'm being honest, uh, I was I was very impressed with them against Chelsea. I thought they were the better side, and I and I I, I, I like what I see with them. But and you, I, I probably get laughed at you or something. But I think just because of of what I've seen. Certain teams have like this, I don't know, have like something in them where they just cannot be ruled out. And Liverpool, I, I want to rule them out of a top four. I really want to. And like, uh, you know, I, I still, when every you week. you want to, I will. Well, every, every <laughs> week, every week, um, after, well, every Monday after the, the table comes, I look at the Premier League table and I want to look at them. 
Yeah. I look at Liverpool, where's their position? Because stay there. That's my thing. I'm looking at them and like, you'll better stay there. Because like, they still make me nervous because of Jurgen Klopp, because of the quality that they, they Maybe have. Maybe it's because my club smacked them a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm quite fine with, you know, whether they mounted It doesn't challenge. mean they're going to get a finish ahead of Arsenal, but we, or in their, the comp- their competition is Chelsea, Tottenham, Manchester United, I think undead. Like, Newcastle. really, Newcastle. I think, I, I, I can't rule Liverpool out yet, but I, I am going to go with Tottenham and Chelsea. Uh, to complete the top four with yeah. Arsenal. and um, yeah. So that's in agreement then. Um, I'm not agreeing. Um, no, 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 Josh. Josh has, I'm United ahead of Tottenham. I'm going to go Spurs. Yeah, I, I agree with Chad. Look, Josh, I me, can't see anyone scoring 20 goals in that Man United team. Therefore, your, your top four is just wrong. <laughs> Look, for me, I think you mentioned it earlier this season, Jesse. Um, Antonio Conte frustrates his players. Um, yes, he might have them working together in a tight-knit unit, mm. but he frustrates his players. And we, I, I mean, I saw that in the... All of us saw that in the Champions League fixture this week. Okay, VAR, it's very debatable, but you don't have to go on that road. We know that VAR is mm-hmm. atrocious at times and it works at times. Um, but now they have to come out of that fixture and find harmony with one another, which is already difficult at Tottenham. Um, yes, Kane has actually been phenomenal this season uh, in terms of putting goals in the back of the net. Mm. Uh, if Haaland wasn't in the league, everybody would be praising the numbers that he currently has. Yeah. Um, but it's there's already rumours of Son leaving uh, 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 Tottenham come January. Um, there's things like that that are coming out now already. Yeah. Um, so the frustration and the things the are leaking. Of Conte even still leaving. I, I think Conte only has I a one-year. His contract is up at the end of the season. Yeah. So it, there's no commit. In my opinion, it looks as if there's no commitment to Tottenham already. I yeah. think with Kane, Kane is. I think he's he's will stay at Tottenham forever. Yeah, he'll sign yeah. another um, six year. <laughs> when if Son leaves or if Conte leaves, I feel like there's still firepower there in Kulusevski and Richarlison to form a front three that is probably still Richarlison, better. Richarlison has he scored a Premier League goal yet? I think one. Um, yeah, so he hasn't been a starter to be fair well he's Mark. been injured as well yeah. so I think once Kulusevski Richarlison and Kane um, get going as a front three together I think then we'll see at Tottenham who don't even need to be at their best to get top four um, just because uh, Man United's attack will not will let them down um, but yeah uh, if you're out there listening and want to stand a chance of winning the 200 rand betting voucher courtesy of Hollywood Bets join the debates join the conversation let us know who you think will finish in the top four in fact give us your order we'd love to hear what you think of everything we discuss our Arsenal really title challenges will Potter get uh, top four with Chelsea or Man United improving and what's going to happen with Tottenham uh, let us know and if your comment does of course hit the target you will be credited with the 200 rand betting voucher courtesy of Hollywood Bets gentlemen before we we leave um, obviously exciting games to look forward to this weekend uh, whether it's the best bets or just a game we're looking forward to uh, Chad uh, what's give up answer something well um, obviously well, in terms of games looking forward to it's interesting to always see a manager go Potter back going back home yeah, uh, <laughs> Potter going back to uh, Hogwarts so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it'll be interesting to see that game Brighton or fearless and mm. you know I think they'll show Chelsea little respect yep. and uh, possibly one of the upsets of the weekend you think that could uh, unfold? Yeah. Hopefully yeah. not, um, for my sake. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually kind of opposite to Ch- uh, Chad in that uh, regard. I think two value bets this weekend. Chelsea 15-10 to 10 to defeat 
Roberto De Zerbi. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that defensive the sets Zerbi up. The in the Potter Derby. <laughs> I think that defensive sets up 15 to 10. Ugh, you can't Kukurea pass up that. to score. And, and <laughs> to put that in a double, Brentford at home uh, to Wolves, mm. 12 to 10. Mm. That's quality. The only team that Brentford have lost to this season at is home. Arsenal yeah. at home. Um, and that's excusable. And that's excusable. If you're looking at away bets, Man United 7 to 10, Tottenham 7 to 10, that's a good double as well. Mm. Um, but the game I'm most looking forward to, aside from the Arsenal game, bias included there, um, is Aston Villa and, oh, yeah. uh, and Newcastle. Newcastle United. For sure. Unai Emery back in the Premier League. Look, I don't have fond <laughs> memories of him, but it'll be interesting to see if he is able to take that dark cloud over him in the English Premier League. Mm. Um, against the team, Newcastle, who are currently... Pushing, unbeaten at home, wasn't unbeaten it? Unbeaten at home, yeah. pushing. Uh, so a project that's looking to pick up. I think like Aston Villa kind of are in a similar bracket. Maybe not as much, obviously not as I much money. Got the but they've got quality to be a top-off top team uh, to push. And like they want to do is be in that position that yeah. Newcastle At least in. knock on the door of European football. Yes, mm. yes. So that's yeah. an interesting game to watch this weekend. Um, but those two doubles as well. Yeah, gentlemen, it's been an absolute honor. Again, it feels good to be back in studio, of course, discussing football with some brilliant minds next to me. And uh, hopefully, uh, same time next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.